here with all the trips and everything going on. Looks good out there. It's safe to sit on the right-hand side again uh, for some of you. Uh, those of you that don't have a clue what I'm talking about, our camera, the way it was positioned for a long time, if you sat on the right-hand side of the church, everybody saw you. So if you clapped your hands, if you raised your hands in praise, if you wiggled your butt, whatever, it was on camera, right? I don't know if anybody would wiggle their butt. I've just been silly. Um, but, but it was on camera, so everybody migrated over here. And it looked like I was like preaching to the chairs because it looked on camera like no one was here uh, and everything else. Well, now you can see we're slowly migrating back because uh, the new higher camera angle um, doesn't put everybody on live to, to be seen. So it's now safe to be on the right-hand side of the church. We are glad you're here. Uh, it is going to be good, and it's going to be good because it's about Jesus. It's not going to be good because it's about me. It's not going to be good because we've got the perfect agenda. I, I'll never forget on our launch Sunday, we played that video. Uh, and um, in, in playing that video, uh, it comes to that one point and everything else. It said, if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. And, and a friend of mine jokingly said to me as they were leaving that morning and everything else, it's a way to be blunt. But it's true, we're not it, right? And, and sometimes we scapegoat so many different things, we point fingers at so many different things, and we allow so much stuff to hinder us and hold us that we never really truly break through to what God has. We never truly experience what God wants. We never really walk in his presence to the degree and the level and the power that he wants us to walk. And because of that, because of that, we never really truly experience church. We never truly experience Jesus. Because we, we come at it with all of these prerequisites. We come at it with all of these if this, then that, if that, then this, and it can't be this or it can't be that, instead of just making it about him, right? And that, that's what we want to talk to a lot. If you, if you see me on Facebook this week, man, there's a whole lot. Number one, I'm, I'm representing the Winfield Bass Club. Yeah, give it up for them. Yeah. Um, so they, they even gave me a shirt with my name on it. Is that not cool? That's like super cool, right? Amy brought that into me this morning and everything. I was like, it's got my name on it. That's awesome. Um, so anyway, but now we're, we're privileged, right? We're, we're privileged people because we're, we're not paying tons of rent and we're not paying huge electric bills and everything else like that. We can be in the community. We can support the schools. We can support the kids and the activities and the programs that they're in and not just our own thing. Right, And, and I, I believe that's part of hands and feet of Jesus. And you will never, ever see me think differently. Amen? If so, Satan's got a hold of me and get me out of here. Because I, I truly believe that's part of being the hands and feet of Jesus, is getting out there and getting involved and engaging people the way he engaged people. Amen? This, this ideology of I'm here, I know everything, and you need to come to me to get to Jesus is bullcrap. You know me, I'm pretty blunt. That's, that's bull crap. Amen. We need to be out there. We need to be loving people and, and letting people know how awesome Jesus is in our life. So I'm, I'm going to warn you this morning, I have notes. Some of you are going, what? Because I never use notes. And the reason I never use notes is, you know, I, I memorize my outline and all the study that I've put in and everything else, I just rely on the Holy Spirit for it. 
uh, and everything else, knowing that if he wants me to remember it while I'm up here, then you get it. If he doesn't want me to remember it while I'm up here, I won't, and you won't get it, and everything else. So memorizing my theme and my outline is kind of how I do this. Right now that I'm back in school working and doing this, there's a whole lot going on up here. And, and so I'm, I'm even more afraid that if I, I don't have my outline and my guideline here in front of me to keep me honest, you guys are going to be here at probably 2 or 3 o'clock today because literally there is tons going on in this brain right now. But um, So I do have, uh, do have an outline to keep me honest uh, more than anything else and, and to stay focused on our point this morning. But as you've seen on, on Facebook and, and different things like that, you all know I'm, I'm not on Instagram and I'm not... Uh, I, I do have a Twitter account for news. I read Twitter for, for news and sports. That's about all I really do on Twitter uh, and everything else. I don't even, haven't even once considered downloading Snapchat or any of the other stuff that's out there. I do have an Instagram account because it's what the youth uses and it's about the only way I have to keep up with what they do uh, and so forth. But beyond that, I, I don't even fool with Instagram much. And. Um, so forth, but but if you're friends with me on Facebook, you've seen a couple of the things that we've teased this week about breakthrough. And um, you know, Josie and I've spent time together this week, and Brian, and and some of the things going on in their life, and different things that they've been going through, and how God moved and worked in that situation, and everything else. And she testified to you about it this morning, and so forth. And when we think about breakthrough, and when we think about the stuff that goes on in life. We have to start by examining God. And we have to start by looking at God and understanding who God is and what God wants to do in our lives, right? So when, we, when we're going through troubles, when we're going through trials, when we're going through stuff, and, and trust me, I know, some of the stuff that, that you go through, some of the stuff that people out in the world go through and everything, it is horrible. Okay, so anything I say this morning, I'm not making light in any way, shape, or form of the stuff that some of you go through, or maybe the stuff that some people you know are going through. In no way, shape, or form am I making light of that, or am I saying that you don't have a right to be sad, or you don't have a right to be depressed, or anything else like that. I'm not saying that at all. I've heard, I've preached messages like this, and I've heard other people preach messages like this, and people get offended because you're trying to get them to Jesus. You're trying to get them to a, a godly perspective of their situation, and then they get offended because they think you're belittling what they're going through. That's not the goal here, okay? So I'm, I'm taking Satan out of that equation right now. That's not the goal here. That's not what we're after here whatsoever this morning. I know people hurt I know people go through crap. I know that Satan is running amok, roaring as loud as he can, trying to intimidate and hold down the people in this world that want to move closer to God, that want to be in his presence and everything else. And I know for a fact that he's doing everything that he can to fight it. I know he's trying to do it about this church. You want to know why I believe in the future of the Pulse Winfield and where we're going and what's going to happen? Yeah, I, number one, it's because of all of you and all of the work and time that you put in. But beyond that, it's because Satan has done everything in his power to stop us and slow us down. 
And you want to know what that does to me? It makes me even more determined. It makes me even more gung-ho, and it makes me even more fired up. Amen? Because that tells me that Satan's sitting down there in hell, shaking in his boots a little bit about what's going to happen here. Amen? He doesn't like it when our kids get saved. He doesn't like it when we see breakthrough and we give God glory for it in the middle of our services. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want that. And because of his agenda, he doesn't need that. Amen? And so he fights it. He gets in our way. He gives us problems. He depresses us. He he makes us scared. He brings fear. He brings all of the crap into our life that tries to press us and hold us down and keep us from becoming what God wants us to become. But here's a clue. Here's a clue, and this is what I want you to get out of this morning's message. And we're going to walk through a number of things to get there. But what I want you to get more than anything else, amen? Maybe I should just say this and shut the Bible and we all go home. That's not going to happen, but... What I want you to get more than anything else is that God has to be your priority. God has to be your priority. He's got to be first. Everything that you do centers around your relationship with God. Being a good employee, well, I show up to work every day, Jay. I work hard. I put in my eight hours, man. Nobody works as hard as I do where I'm at. Everything else like that. Well, yeah, but where's God entering into that? Where's God in that? Are you, are you, are you emulating him? Are, are, you, are you doing it in a, in a way that brings glory and brings his power and presence into what you're doing in your workplace? Amen? Now I want to be a good dad, Jay. Then you need to belly up to Jesus. You need to belly up to Jesus because you'll never be a good dad without walking the model of his character that's presented to us in Scripture. Trust me, you can make all the ball games. You can make, you can make all of the, the parent-teacher conferences. You can help with all of the homework. You can do all of those things. But until you are emulating Christ in your home and you're achieving the outline that he gives us in Scripture to be a godly dad, not a good dad, but a godly dad, amen, you never really fulfill the extent of what God has for your life. Same things with our moms. Same things with being a good spouse. You want to be a good husband? You want to be a good wife? Amen? You need to align yourself with God. Amen? Here's why I say all that. Here's why I say all that. I want you to... uh, I'm I'm going to give you a a quick context because we're going to talk about a lot of stuff here. But but I'm going to give you a quick context. In Genesis 37th chapter and verse 24, talking about Joseph here, it says, and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Now, we've all heard the story of Joseph in Scripture. We all have seen it. From, from calamity to, well, starting out with, with glory, you know, all of these great dreams, these visions, everything else, the father showing favoritism, the brothers getting mad, throwing him into a pit, and then all of the trials and tribulation that he went through um, in, in uh, captivity, basically, uh, as a prisoner, as a slave, to becoming the second highest in the land, right? 
So we're going to hit on some of those things, but what I, what I want you to, to understand this morning, and, and when you're going through a bad time, when you're going through difficulty, when you're going through rough stuff, when, when it sucks, yeah, preacher said socks. I get it. Okay, I, I'm real. All right, I'm not. I'm not going to be that, you know, that that guy that that, that flatters you with my words. Okay, I'm just going to be real with you this morning. Sometimes you're going to go through stuff that sucks. It's bad. It hurts. It angers. All of those things are real in life. Okay. It's good for us to have perspective of what we deserve. What do you deserve? Anybody? What do, you, what do you deserve? Everybody's like, I ain't saying nothing because whatever I'm saying is probably going to be wrong. You know? huh? huh? Yes. We didn't talk about that. Okay? But, but yes, TJ's right. Okay? And, and I, I see all of this stuff on social media. I see all of this stuff when you counsel with people, you talk with people, and everything else. People will tell you, I, I deserve a good husband. I deserve a good wife. I deserve, you know, I deserve good kids. I deserve a good job. I, I've done all of this. Here's my resume. Amen. There are people who are going to stand in his presence one day and throw that resume down. And they're going to say, I've done this, 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 and this. And you're still casting me away. Here's my resume. Look at my resume. And Jesus is going to say, depart. Okay? So what do we deserve? I deserve hell. I'm a sinner. Okay, saved by grace, but let's save that part for a second. Okay, I'm a sinner. My flesh desires to please itself. My life wants to be about me. My mind, the, its first thought, its first glimmer, its first, its first moment is about pleasing me. It's about making me happy. It's about doing the things that I want to do. Amen. Even, even in embellishing my family or, or, or my wife or my job or, or anything else that I do and I put forth effort for, even the church and everything else, there are those moments where the flesh rises up and says, hey, hey, constantly reminding us to put ourselves on top, Right? And because of that innate fleshly nature that is in, at enmity with God, okay, that type of nature, that type of mindset, that type of living that puts me first and puts me above everything else, that is in complete contrast with God. In every situation and in every circumstance and in, and in every setting, it is in complete contrast with God. Okay, And there's a whole lot of scripture, there's a whole lot of counseling, there's a whole lot of stuff to, to, to build through that. But can you trust me in that? Can you trust me that scripturally that's true? There's a whole lot of things in our lives that want us to be first. We want to be gratified. We want to be appreciated. We want to be respected. We want to be loved. We want to be cherished. We want to be lifted up. We want to be encouraged. And in the right context and in the right way and in the place where Jesus is first and foremost, that happens. All of those things come when Jesus is at the top. But we try to shortcut it. We try to get there a lot of different ways. Amen? So sometimes, when we're going through stuff, if we take a step back and we realize what we deserve... Sometimes if we stay back, no matter how bad it is, and we realize that we, we deserve the pit, 
We deserve hell. We deserve, you know, being vanquished from the presence of God for eternity. If we take a step back and we realize this, this is what me without Jesus deserves, then we really start to break through. We really start to take steps in the direction of where God wants our life. We really start to pursue, oh, wow, okay, doing it my way leads to that? Well, then I don't want to do it my way anymore. Right? If doing it my way, if leaning on my counsel, if leaning on on, on my understanding leads me to that, then I don't want that. Right? Anybody want to go to hell? Anybody? No? No? Nobody? Right. Good answer. Good answer. None of us want to go to hell. Amen? But it's what we deserve. Take Jesus out of our equation. Take Jesus out of our life. Take Jesus out of our circumstances. That's what we get. Right? Now, no one likes to preach that anymore. Why? Because everyone looks at Adam like you're looking at me right now. This isn't really breakthrough, Jay. You're talking about hell, and you're telling me I'm going to go there without Jesus. Yes! Because breakthrough is bringing Jesus into those situations and into those circumstances and, re- and redeeming ourselves from hell. Moving ourselves away from the grasp of Satan and moving ourselves from his goal and his plan and his desire for our life. Amen? That's breakthrough. That's breakthrough. That's what you need to understand. No matter your calamity, no matter your situation, when Jesus comes to the forefront of it, and you put your faith and your desire and your worship into him in spite of everything else, you have walked away from hell. You have walked away from hell, even the hell that God has allowed to come into your life. Here's what we need to understand. Number one, number one, we deserve hell. But here's what we need to understand. Wherever we are, Wherever we are, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, whatever the grief, whatever the trouble, whatever the trial, whatever the situation is, there's three reasons of why we're there. Okay? Number one, God put us there. God said, this is for your good. This will help you become more like my son. Amen? Which is in Romans is ultimately the goal. You know, Romans mostly chapter 6 and even some of verse 5, it mostly teaches us that everything that we encounter in life, we encounter to help us become more like Jesus. Amen? That's the teaching of, the, of, the, of that chapter in the book of Romans. Everything we go through, everything we encounter in life is to help us become more like Jesus. Amen? So sometimes we go through stuff so that we will mature, we will turn to prayer. We will turn to the Bible. We will, we will trust the Holy Spirit. We will trust God to move in our lives. Amen? Now understand this. For God to move in your life in such a way, you've got to be His. You've got to be walking with Him. You've got to be in His presence. You've got to come to a place where God says, this is my child, so I'm going to work in His life. Amen? What that, now the comforting of that is this. If God is working in your life, if God is moving in your life, if God is doing something to help you grow and get better, it means you're not alone. It means you're not alone. It means God is there with you in the fire. God is with you in the trial. God is with you in the tribulation. You are not alone. And his power will redeem you in whatever that is. 
His power will get you through it. Okay? But there's two other things. Two other reasons as to why we are where we are. Sometimes we put ourselves there. Sometimes we listen to the flesh. Sometimes we listen to the enemy. Sometimes we do some really dumb stuff. I'm not even going to call it bad decisions. Sometimes we just do dumb things. Amen? Sometimes we choose to walk separate from God. Sometimes we choose to uh, step over here, and then when everything falls down around us, we start crying back to God and asking God, you know, help us out of this. Or sometimes we even accuse him, why did you let this happen to me? And, and God's kind of taking the stance of, uh, yo, dude, you, you did it to yourself. You, you did that. I didn't do that. Amen. James teaches us he can't be tempted of evil. He can't be tempted of evil. Amen. Therefore, he can't tempt us of evil. Okay? The book of James teaches us that. So for us to blame God or accuse God or point our finger and shake our finger back at God, <laughs> now look in the mirror, friend. Sometimes you're where you are because you did it to yourself. Okay? Because you chose your path. You chose your want. You chose to please yourself rather than putting God at the forefront, rather than making him the imminent person or being or creature in your life. You chose to do it your way and then tried to convince him to anoint and, and help you with that. Amen? You ever, you ever been there? I've been there. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been there. Amen. Oh, this looks right. I'm going to do it. I do it. And I'm like, whoa, God, you got to bless me here. <laughs> you you got to anoint and bless me here because, wow, this is a whole lot bigger than what I thought. And God's kind of like, you know you did that yourself, Jay, right? Well, if, we look at, if we look at Joseph's life, there was a lot of this in Joseph's life. Okay? There was a lot of things, and we know the end of the story, okay? So it's easy for us to read Joseph and look at him, and man, God did all of this. God did all of this so that he could ultimately redeem Israel. Okay, well, yes, God redeemed Israel through Joseph's story, but Joseph made a lot of missteps along the way. Amen? I have always thought this about Potiphar's wife. He, he, was, he was the guy, Right? As far as security goes in the land, he was the guy. He was in charge. He made all the decisions, right? So I've always wondered, why did he keep going to Potiphar's wife's bedroom? Why did he keep going? Every time he did, she threw herself at him. Every time he did, she flirted with him. Every time he did, got deeper and deeper and deeper. Why did he keep going? He could, have, he could have commanded any of the guards, hey, I'm not going over there anymore. You guys check, make sure she's safe. I'm dealing with this. Right? He had that authority. Now, you could say, well, maybe he was responsible. He was, he was responsible to Potiphar. That was his wife. He wanted to make sure it was taken care of. Amen? He had the authority to make sure it was taken care of. Scripture tells us that she, she tried to entertain him every time he walked in. She tried to entice him every time he showed up, yet he kept going. Amen. How many times does Satan dance a dance in front of us somehow, some way, instead of walking away from it, we just kind of keep cracking the door open and looking in? Huh? 
How many times do we, we look through the door long enough that we're like, oh, it's going to be okay if I just step in. You know what? It would be okay if I just kind of walk over here and talk for a little bit. Hmm? wonder what would have happened if God's plan was to redeem Israel, if God's plan was to bring victory to Israel. I wonder how much sooner maybe it would have happened had Joseph stayed out of her room. Because you know what? He ended up back in jail. He ended up almost on death row again. He had to work his way all the way back again. Amen? wonder what God's plan was before that. No, we really don't know, do we? We really don't know. wonder what God's plan for your life was before you did that dumb thing. Before you entertained whatever it is whatever it was. wonder what God's plan was. wonder how much further now you have to go and how much more work you have to do to get back to what God originally intended and God originally planned for your life. Sometimes we're where we are because we put ourselves there. We put ourselves there. Sometimes we're where we are because other people put us there. There are mean nasty, evil people in this world. I'm going to take it a step further because you probably don't know this. There are mean, evil, nasty people on Facebook. Right? Right? I mean, I've even been called out for liking something. You like so-and-so's post. Well, yeah. I can't believe you did that. Blah, 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 blah and everything else. And I was like, whatever. You just stay over there right now because you're just a little too cray-cray for me at this moment. Okay? Now, if my boys were out here and they heard me say cray-cray, they'd be like, Dad. Dad. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hip enough to be weird. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, Grace has been to the house. She knows it firsthand, right? Um, so, sometimes we're where we are because people put us there. Okay? Sometimes they're not mean, evil, nasty people. Sometimes they're just self-indulged. Sometimes they're just doing their thing for their benefit, for their glory, and they really don't care about you or anyone else. And so you get hurt, or you get cast out, or you get pushed away in the process. It really wasn't about you, but you were part of, you were part of the collateral damage. Sometimes it's an attack. Sometimes it's a full-on attack. They attack you, they mean you harm, they want to hurt you, and they want to damage you. Had someone come to me this week and tell me something about, saying, you know so-and-so is working behind the scenes to, to thwart what you guys have got going on down there. And I was like, yeah, I know. I said, but the Lord rebuked them. I don't have time for it. Seriously. I can entangle myself in a fleshly war if I want, and I could probably win. But I don't care. I don't care. The Lord rebuke him. He'll do a much better job than me anyway. Amen? I got more important things to worry about. Like building the kingdom. Amen? About setting Jesus on the throne and, and not some man. Amen? 
Sometimes people will hurt you. Sometimes people will say mean things. Sometimes people will do mean things. Sometimes people will want to destroy your life, your reputation, your existence. Amen? So sometimes you're where you are because other people put you there. And that's, that's horrible. That's shameful. It's ridiculous. But if you're focused on Jesus, if you're focused on Jesus, their words, their actions, and their deeds can't touch his plan for your life. Amen? If we want to think about breakthrough, we have to realize that if I'm walking hand in hand with Jesus, the words of others mean nothing. If I am in the presence of the King of Kings and His power and His anointing and His glory is over my life, then what the world wants to do to me means nothing. Right? A lot of you sitting there going really quiet, going, man, I never thought about all this. I mean, I thought we were going to talk about breakthrough. And man, I thought we were going to be jumping up and down on the pews and running around and, and, and all this kind of stuff. Amen. I'm hoping you do. I'm hoping you do, but I want you to understand the context of why you are where you are. You're either there because God is moving and working in your life, and I hope that's the case. God is moving and working in your life, and He is working you to the glory of God. Amen? And that's a maturing process. That is a growing up process. That is a refining moment. The Old Testament calls it a threshing floor. Amen? Where you take the wheat in and you thresh that wheat, you pound that wheat, you run that wheat up and down uh, through that thresher and everything else so that all the bad stuff gets chopped up and move away and all the wheat falls through. Amen? And maybe that's what God is doing in your life. Maybe He has you in a thresher at the moment and He's moving and working all of the stuff away so that you can produce His glory and you can produce His will and you can produce things that the world can't touch. And I hope that's going on. I hope that's where you're at. But maybe you've made some bad choices. Maybe you've made some bad decisions. Maybe you've done some done stuff and you're kind of going through the valley. You're kind of going through the valley. You're kind of going through that place of, oh, man, I am in a mess. And while that, that's, that's never good, but I don't think there's a person here who would look any of us in the eye and say, I've never been there. <laughs> I never peeked through Potiphar's wife's door. I never let the enticing get to me. Amen. Maybe it's maybe it's not maybe it's not Potiphar's wife, okay? Maybe it's something else. Maybe your idols are something else, somewhere else, and it's something else above Jesus in your life. Amen, that has allowed these things to, to take place. Maybe some of you are, are really hurt, you're really offended, you're really battling because of hurt other people put on difficulty and shame and indifference that other people put on you. Amen. I want you to know, all of you are where you are today because of one of those three things. I want you to know this morning that there is breakthrough. There is opportunity for you to move past wherever you are. Amen. It doesn't come from Jay. It doesn't come from the Paul Swinfield. But it comes from Jesus. And it comes from what Jesus wants to do in your life. Just like Joseph, okay? The whole Potiphar thing was a wrench in the plan. 
Oh, Potiphar wife thing. I was mentioning the plan. Joseph wasn't really planning on that. You know, I've got a nation to redeem here, and, and you're watching HBO. Okay? God redeemed him. God continued to work in his life. God put him through the threshing floor again. He had to pay for it. Amen? He had to reap what he sowed. Amen? And then God began to move, and God began to work, and God began to bless again. Okay? So no matter where you are, and no matter why you're there, God's ultimate goal is to bless you. God's ultimate goal is to redeem you. God's ultimate goal is to do a work in your life. I don't care how far off. And, and wherever you are today, you might see that as miles away. You might be sitting there going, oh, hey, you, you don't even have a clue. You don't even have a clue. I'm going to tell you what. This guy, when, when it became real to me that God was calling me to preach, I tried to distance myself. I lived a life. I did things. They weren't dumb decisions. They were, they were defined decisions that I made thinking I'm going to figure out how to disqualify myself so God won't want me. And all I did was exhaust myself. All I did was exhaust myself mentally, physically, spiritually. Everything about it, my life was a wreck. in a moment in a moment I fell on my knees and I prayed to God I asked for his forgiveness I acknowledged my stupidity I acknowledged all of the things that I had done wrong I had told him I even told him why I was like and it's because you want me to preach and I, I don't want to do that I know what comes with that and I'm not ready for that I can't be that I can't do that I don't want it but if you do. And you let somebody ask me to preach. You prove it to me. And I will step away from all of this. And I will devote myself to your plan for my life. He waited three days. A silent prayer. You've heard me talk about it before. Silent prayer. No one heard it. No one knew it. He waited three days. And my pastor for years shakes my hand and says, will you preach next Sunday night? Rubber kind of hit the road. Okay? You know what my first message was? Out of the book of Gideon. Gideon's travail about going to war. Title of the message was, God has a plan. God has a plan. When we talk about breakthrough, breakthrough happens not just from good news, not just from circumstances, not just from situations that come, that could have come anyway. Okay, some of, some, some, sometimes I, I am appalled at, at what people call spiritual. Amen, I, I, will, hear, I will hear people get, no, nobody here, so don't start reading into this, but, but I, I've literally heard people get up and say, well, I was thinking about this and my phone rang. It just had to be God. And I'm sitting there thinking, we're the enemy. Huh? Because here's the reality. The enemy works more in the carnal 
and in the world, like making a phone ring, than God does. God works in the spiritual. God works in still small voices. God works in moving upon man. Amen. This is scripture. Okay. God moves upon man. And God speaks to man and God begins to do things in man's heart and in man's mind. When you start to transform yourself into the way that God wants your life to go is when you start thinking of him first and you last. That's when breakthrough starts. Amen? Now, how do I know? Amen? We go through bad stuff. Bad stuff comes into our life. Amen. Instead of realizing, you know what, this still doesn't suck that bad because I deserve hell. Okay? I deserve hell, so I'm going to stay focused on Jesus no matter how bad this is. Okay? I'm going to stay focused on Jesus because I'm, I'm angry and I'm mad, but hell's worse, so I'm going to stay focused on Jesus. Amen? And, and so we go through this process and this routine of instead of doing that, instead of staying focused on Jesus, we start to become possessed with whatever it is that has us where we are. What's well, so-and-so's fault? What's well, this? Well, it's her or it's him. It's this. It's that. We start focusing on it from a fleshly perspective instead of a godly perspective. And guess what? Our breakthrough gets further and further away from us because now we're stacking the wall. We're building the wall up higher and higher and higher. Amen? Because now it's not just a circumstance. Now it's not just a situation. Now it's people are involved. This is involved. That's involved. Everything is now building up around us. Amen? Why? Because Satan wants us isolated. Satan wants us isolated. He wants us to feel alone. Amen. When you start going through rough times at home, what's the first thing Satan does? He starts making you mad at each other. Doesn't he? Well, now it's even worse. Amen. And it's her fault or it's his fault or it's that fault or it's this. Amen. And we start building up something that becomes insurmountable to us. Amen. And here's what, here's what God wants to do. Amen. And here's or more like here's what we have to do to get back to God. First, you need to get over yourself. I, I, I say that with a heart full of love. I, I really do. I, I really, really do, okay? But you got to get over yourself. Because the more you're focused on how that made me feel, the more you focus on, on oh, what I want to do to him, Huh? What I want to do to her. What they deserve. Not what I deserve. And the more you focus on this stuff and the more you let those thoughts go through your mind and, and everything else, the more that wall that needs broken through, the more it builds and the tougher it gets for you to get through it. Amen? So, so this ultimately all leads to Jesus. But you've got to get over yourself. You've got to get past your feelings, you got to get past your emotions. Don't, don't misunderstand, amen? I, I'm not standing up here trying to be Mr. Tough Guy. There's things that hurt me. There's things that offend me. There's things that bother me, amen? But when I'm walking with Jesus, it's easier for me to be, okay, okay, fine, and just keep walking, amen? Or I can choose not to keep walking with Jesus and be like, oh, oh, really? And now I'm all messed up over here. Amen. So now I'm all messed up over here, and I got to figure out how to get through this to get back to this so I can get through that. Right? 
right? The quicker we get over ourselves, the quicker we move past how we feel, and the quicker we move past how others try to make us feel, the quicker we get to breakthrough, okay? So we got to get over ourselves, amen? And I'm, I'm telling you this, amen, because I've, I've had to learn it myself, amen? When we're walking with Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And I'll, I'll prove that to you in a second. Number two, be thankful for what you've got. You want breakthrough? You want breakthrough? Start praising him for what have you got. What does he say when we get to heaven? Huh? We've already gone through. We're, we're not cast out. We, we walk in and everything else. What's he say? Huh? Welcome. Well done. Right? My good and faithful service. You've been faithful over... Come on, somebody. You've been faithful over a few things. Huh? So when Satan is trying to build a wall around you, when Satan is trying to get your focus off everything but Jesus around you, one of the greatest ways to defeat him is start thanking him for what you've got. Thank you for my wife, Lord. Thank you for my sons. Thank you for my church. Thankful for the 30-year-old car I drive every day back and forth to Charleston. Yeah, the brakes might be a little squishy, but you get me there and you get me home. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being in that little, that little car every morning. Thank you for being in that little car every afternoon. He's saying, don't like it. That's why I'm the fly trying to get in there. Huh? Huh? You start thanking him for what you have. And I, and I don't mean just this little token thank you. Okay? Some of us have those little prayers. Well, I just want to thank God for this. And then we go right on thinking the way we were thinking before we thanked him. Amen? No, 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 no. That's not the kind of thankfulness I'm talking about here. I'm talking within the depths of your soul, thank him. Within the depths of your soul, see that everything you have, you have because of his place in your life. It is not by choice. I don't care if it's the water out of the refrigerator. Amen? If you don't have anything else in your house to drink, now, and it's been that way for us a lot lately because if it's there, it's really tempting to drink, especially sweet tea. And when we're trying to do this diet and lose weight and everything, so we just keep it going. Amen. And, and everything else so that all we do, we just go get the water and, and drink it and, and, and bring sexy back. And um, <laughs> TJ fills me. TJ fills me. All right. So the more ammunition you give yourself, to create problems, the more problems you'll usually create. But if you stay focused on Jesus, if you stay focused on him and you thank him, I don't care if it's the simplest thing. I don't care if it's the simplest thing, but you acknowledge him and give him thanks for it, he will move into that and it will help defeat the enemy. Amen? Last but not least, last but not least, I, I want you to do this. I want you to go from a heart of thankfulness to a state of worship. Now, what's the difference? If I'm, if I'm thankful, I'm, I'm worshiping. I'm, you know, I'm thanking him. I'm giving him thanks. No, there's a difference. Being thankful means I'm thankful for my car. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my, my family. I'm thankful for my sons, right? Worship 
is acknowledging who he is. Do you get that? You understand the difference? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not placating. I want to make sure you understand the difference. There's a difference between being thankful and acknowledging that he is Lord of Lords and he is King of Kings and he is able to do all things if we put our faith and we put our trust in him no matter how bad it is. Amen. Remember when Peter got on the water, it was still storming. When he asked to come onto the water, the storm was present. Amen. It didn't just show up after Peter got on the water and he got scared. Amen. It was there before and Peter still said, I want to be where you are, Jesus. Amen. And, and Jesus, this wasn't said in the scripture, but Jesus is probably saying, well, okay, it means you're going to have to walk on rough waters. Did you grab that? I want to be where you are, Jesus. Well, okay. All right. I will bring you to me. I will empower you to do what I did. Amen. Don't make any mistake about it. Even Judas in his heart full of sin, even Judas healed and delivered people in Jesus' name. Scripture says so. Amen. It says they all worked many miracles in his name. They didn't say, and everybody but Judas worked miracles. No, he said all worked in his name. Amen. So even in those times and even in those moments, it tells me that somewhere Judas was walking with Jesus. Somewhere Judas got it. Somewhere Judas said, hey, hey, this is, this is the Lord of lords and kings of kings. This is the Savior. He's going to move in my life. He's going to work in my life. And I'm going to help others. Somewhere those moments happened. Scripture doesn't tell me what they were. But somewhere it tells me that they happened. Somewhere Judas worked in Jesus' name. Yes, he ultimately betrayed Jesus. Yes, he ultimately let the enemy win. But somewhere, at some point, he got it. And Jesus worked in him because that was Jesus' goal for his life. Jesus knew what would end up happening. But Jesus wanted to work in his life. Friend, I don't care where you are. I don't care the calamity. I don't care about the confusion. I don't care about the chaos. It doesn't bother me and it doesn't intimidate me. What I know is that Jesus wants to work in your life. I don't care how bad your story is. I don't care how dirty it is. Amen? I know Jesus wants to work in your life. So when we talk about the difference in being thankful and worshiping, it is you coming to a place and you watching at home. It is you coming to a point and you in, in place that you tear your kingdom down and you embrace and acknowledge his kingdom. And you realize that his kingdom is worth and you lift your hands and you acknowledge that and you worship him not because of what he gave you not because of what he's doing for you but you worship him because of who he is and here's what I know when you do that now, now, now don't do it don't do it in a fleshly sense well you know what if I if I worship real good during service this morning, then, then God's going to answer that prayer I've been praying. Man, you are so full of the flesh. Huh? If you're thinking that way, if you're living that way, you are so full of the flesh. Amen. Don't be surprised when God doesn't move. Amen. If that's how you're thinking. 
But man, when you give yourself up, when you give yourself up, when you give your, your goals and your kingdom up, when you give your desires up only so you can acknowledge the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when you choose to set everything else aside and say, I want it to be about you, Jesus. I want it to be about you. And you worship him in that manner and you worship him in that spirit and you worship him in that truth. Guess what? Scripture tells me he's seeking. He's seeking that. Amen? He's seeking who worships him. Oh, wait a minute. Look what you did, Jay. Huh? No, I didn't do that. Jesus did that. He is seeking who worships him in spirit and truth. When you choose to set aside earthly dynasties and kingdoms and acknowledge the kingdom of heaven in your life and make it everything you're about, guess what? He's looking for that. He's searching for it. And when he finds it, when he sees it in you, he's going to make a beeline. He's going to make a beeline to where you're at. And then guess what? The enemy freaks out. Amen? Because at his name, at his name, the demons flee. And let me tell you what. When you live in that context, when you live in that way every day is a breakthrough. You may have come here and expected this, like I said, to be a rip-roaring message where we're climbing on pews and, and, and doing all kinds of things and, 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 and getting just a little crazy, right? And, and that could still happen. I'm all for it. Hey, man, God sends that down. Let's get crazy. Amen. I got no problem with that. Amen. But I want you to break through. I want you to understand why you're where you are. I want you to understand that sometimes that's your fault, sometimes it's not your fault, but amen, I, I want you to embrace what Jesus wants to do in your life. So I want you to come to a place of where you worship him. Amen, I'm, I'm not a big worshiper, okay? If you, if you get this out of me, you know, just kind of like a little hand lift, raise kind of thing, that's, that's a big deal. I, I internalize it. Doesn't mean I'm not feeling it. Amen, doesn't mean God's not moving on me. I mean, I read, I read a book by Matt Redman, like one of the very first... Uh, worship leader guys and everything out there. I read a book called The Ways of a Worshipper and he talked about ten different types of worshipers in that. And, and like I don't know, chapter seven or eight, he came to reflective worshiper. And I started reading that. I'm like, yes, I'm not broken! Right? Because, you know, churches churches that are about themselves and are about the emotion and everything else are, are like, well, raise your hand whether you feel it or not. Well, that's heresy. That's heresy. I don't want to be, be involved in that. Amen? I don't want him sitting up there on his throne going, well, man, that's fake, 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 fake. And that, that's garbage. Amen? I don't want to be part of that. Amen? So I, I've just never jumped into it. Man, if I felt it, I, I'd give a little this or I'd give a little this and everything else like that if, if I felt it. But, but you know, in, in that chapter, it's talking about a reflective worshiper, someone who's studying who's studying the words that are being presented, who's studying the feeling that's being presented, and who is ultimately taking themselves into the presence of God and saying, I'm not that, 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 and, and you are, and I need to be more like you. And that's how I worship. Okay? And, and there's nine other, if, if you're not that, 
it's okay because there, there's nine other things according to Matt Redman. Amen. And, and he used scripture for all of that. That was funny. It was supposed to be funny. He didn't laugh. But, <clears throat> you know, there, there's a lot of different ways to worship is what I'm saying. And so none of us are going to do it exactly the same. But ultimately, worship is, and this is basically the point of my book, ultimately, worship is acknowledging God and his kingdom over ours. Acknowledging him and his kingdom, his truth, his spirit over ours and submitting to it and submitting to it and friend when you live in that way I've already teased you know there on our social media marketing and stuff I've already teased in November we're going to we're going to do a series called His Glory we're going to do a series called His Glory and we're going to be talking about how to move into His Glory and how to walk into His Glory and the intimacy that can be created between us and a holy God Amen? Us and a holy God. Do you get that? I don't think you get that. Amen? Because, man, it excites me. And, and I hope before November gets here, you get really excited about it. Amen? But, but we're talking about moving from a flesh, fleshly state, a fleshly standpoint, where we are constantly afflicted by the things of this life. And we move from that into a place where His glory is number one in who we are and what we are and what we do. Amen? But if you're going to, this is kind of the precursor to that series, if we're going to step into that, then we have to break through. And if we're going to break through, the way we break through is by making Him and His kingdom the number one thing we're pursuing. Amen? You want to be a good dad? Quit pursuing dad things. Pursue Jesus. You want to be a good husband? You want to be a good wife? Quit pursuing wifely and, and husbandly things. Anyway, you get what I mean. Quit, quit, quit pursuing spousy things. Start pursuing Jesus. I guarantee you, the closer you get to Jesus, the better husband you're going to be. The closer you get to Jesus, the better wife you're going to be. The closer you get to Jesus, the better parent you're going to be. Amen? The closer you get to Jesus, the better teenager or college student you're going to be. Amen? And as long as you keep trying to do it your way, you will keep failing. So if you want breakthrough, whatever stage of life you are in, if you want breakthrough, come to Jesus. Come to Him. Let it be about Him. Let it be for Him. And all of these other things will start falling into place in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Right? We've heard it all of our life. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6, 33, I think. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Amen. I'm not teaching you anything new this morning. I'm reminding you of what's always been right there in front of you. Seek him in his kingdom and then what's the promise that follows that all these other things will be added to you all the things you're worried about all of the things you're consumed with all of the things that are holding you down and and meaning you need a breakthrough all of these things that you need to to crash through to get to him amen they're only there because you put them there or you allowed them to be there just come to him and walk with him and live with him and he'll add that stuff when he's ready. 
He'll add that stuff to you when he's ready. That's, that's a promise we've, we've quoted and we've, we've testified about that and we've sang about that for decades. Amen? But yet we don't live it. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Don't leave that part out. Amen? And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All these things we fret about. All these things we're anxious about. All these things we worry about. All of these things we make bad decisions about. He's got it covered. He'll add them to us if we just trust him. And friend, last, last but not least, God will use you. Here's the real breakthrough. Okay? Sometimes we like the breakthrough that brings the victory on us. Right? And, and, if, and if we want the breakthrough so that our enemies see us victorious, there's a whole lot of flesh in your life again. Amen? That's not why you want the breakthrough. You want the breakthrough so you can serve. You want the breakthrough so, so that you can introduce Jesus to others. I'm going to be honest with you. All of the name and lights and all of the glory and all of the YouTube, Apple, iPod stuff that we do, Facebook Live, all that stuff and everything else like that, I would trade it all for moments like I had here last Sunday morning. Sitting there end in style, side by side with Camry talking to her about Jesus, that big old smile on her face, and that innocence and, and wide-eyed shaking her head yes. When I asked her if she wanted to accept him in her heart, I'll trade it all for that. Because there's no better moments than that. That's why I do this. That's, that's why I'm here. That's what I want. Amen. I'm willing to give up my kingdom for his. Amen. That's breakthrough. That's breakthrough. When we choose to let our life Now, he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. He's going to reward you. I already said he'll add this stuff. I already said he'll do that, but that can't be your focus. Your focus needs to be him and his righteousness, his kingdom, his glory, his name. When you do that, he'll bless you. He'll supply. Amen. If he's going to feed the sparrow, he'll feed you. Your breakthrough is him. A thief hung on a cross. Had every reason to be angry. Just like Jesus. Jesus had every reason to be angry. Amen. That's why we deserve hell. A thief hung on a cross. One railed and cussed and fumed and, and, and just ugly, nasty me. Another one came to the end of himself in that moment. And he acknowledged who Jesus was. He acknowledged what Jesus had done. And he chose to walk away from his name and his reputation and everything else in that moment just so Jesus would remember him. Jesus did more than asked. Jesus always does more than asked. Jesus says, I'm not only going to remember you, friend. I'm not only going to remember you. Where I am tonight, 
you'll be with me. You'll be with me. I can't think of a hell on earth any worse than hanging on a cross. But I can't think of a promise any greater than the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings looking at me and saying, you came to the end of yourself? So I'm going to make sure you're standing with me wherever I stand. I can't think of any better breakthrough. I can't think of any bigger breakthrough. I can't think of any more resounding victory than that. I mean, y'all know where he went and stood, right? Y'all know what happened after he left the cross? Man, I, I can't preach another message, but but he, he left the cross, and y'all thinking, man, my butt's hurting, Jay, don't preach another message, right? And he left the cross, and he went to hell, and he set free the captives that were bound and that were held. And then he left there, and he took his gift, and he presented it to God. This is paradise. He presented it, and people can argue it's this, it's this, and Catholics believe this, and Presbyterians believe this, and everything else about this moment. Plain and simple, he went to hell, and he set them free, and he went to the throne of God, and he presented his sacrifice. Amen? That's where Jesus went. That's what he did, and he told that thief, he told that vile, wretched individual that came to the end of himself and who needed breakthrough, he told that guy, hang in there, that had done all of this stuff, about that and there, there's a whole lot of text that really needs to support that okay so so do check me out but but when you think about that man you talk about breakthrough that's breakthrough so friend I don't care where you are don't care where you've been don't care the details I mean if we need to talk about the details I'm here to help I will sit down and I will I will I will cry with you and and, and I will hug you and I will I will love you through it whatever it is Okay, my wife and I will, will we will love you through it, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's about Jesus. At the end of the day, it's about pushing yourself aside and embracing Him and His kingdom. That's where your breakthrough comes from. Stand and say.